Welcome to the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. We invite you to open your Bibles and follow along with us as we study God's Word together. Hello and welcome to the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. My name is Cody Westbrook. I'm the preacher for the Southwest Congregation And we're glad for the opportunity to open up God's Word and to study together. There's a song that we sometimes sometimes sing called, Make Me a Servant. And indeed, how this world is in dire need of more people with a servant's heart. We live in a time where people are so concerned about their rights. People are so concerned about their feelings People are so concerned about making sure that they get whatever it is they want, when they want, and how they want. But as we look to God's Word, what we find is a picture that is altogether different. We find within the pages of the Word of God a call for the people of God to serve instead of be served. And of course, the reason is because when we look to our Savior, Jesus Christ, He is one who came not to be served, but to serve. The world needs more servants, those who are willing to sacrifice to meet the needs of others. So we want to spend some time uh, today talking a little bit about what it means to be a good servant and about why it is so important for us as God's people to strive to be the best servants that we can be. Service has been defined as selflessly surrendering to faithfully fulfill. Selflessly surrendering to faithfully fulfill. A good servant understands that sometimes it means that they have to selflessly sacrifice their own wants or desires or even needs in order to faithfully fulfill the wants and the needs and meet the good of others. A good servant, according to God's Word, has several characteristics that define him. Number one, a good servant cannot be selfish. A good servant cannot be selfish. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 3, the Apostle Paul told the Philippian saints that they needed to fulfill his joy by being like-minded, having the same love, Being of one mind, of one accord, let nothing be done, he said, through strife or selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. To esteem another better than oneself is literally to exalt them to a higher plane or to a higher position. In other words, as a servant, I want to look at my brother or sister. I want to look at my friend, my neighbor, my fellow man, and I want to exalt his needs ahead of my own. A good servant cannot be selfish. Number two, a good servant does not seek recognition for the service that he renders. A good servant does not seek recognition for the service that he renders. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and verse 16, Paul said this of himself. He says, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is me, if I do not preach the gospel. 
for I do this willingly, verse 17, I have a reward, but if against my will, I have been entrusted with a stewardship. Paul, what are you saying? What I'm saying is that I preach the gospel out of necessity because it is the right thing to do and because I am compelled to do it. And in so doing, he says, I have nothing to boast of. You know, as it pertains to being a servant, sometimes there is this desire within us to serve, but then to make sure that we receive recognition for what it is that we've done. To serve and to help others, but to make sure that we win a prize or that we get a pat on the back or some kind of accolade. We want people to know that we have risen to the occasion. But Scripture teaches us that a good servant of God is not going to seek recognition because we do not serve for the purpose of recognition. We serve because it is good and because it is right. Galatians 6.14 says, But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Paul said, I will only boast in Christ. In Hebrews chapter 6, the Hebrews writer reminded those Christians that God is not unfaithful to forget your work and labor of love in that you have ministered and do minister. In other words, God sees. God knows, and that's enough. A good servant does not seek recognition. And then number three, as we think about the characteristics or the qualities of a good servant, a good servant focuses on the needs of others. A good servant focuses on the needs of others. After all, that is the definition of being a servant anyway. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 24, Paul said, let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. Let me say that again. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. In Philippians chapter 2, we read verse 2 and 3 just a moment ago, but listen to what Paul says in the next verse, Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 4. He says, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. So let nothing be done through strife or vainglory or selfishness or deceit, verse number three, but instead you look out not only for your own interest, but you look out for the interest of someone else. A good servant cannot be selfish. They cannot make everything about themselves. A good servant does not seek recognition for the service that he renders, and a good servant is focused on the needs of other people. I want you to stop just for a moment and think with me about the reciprocal nature of these characteristics or qualities. You see, it might be uh, understandable for someone to stop and think, well, if I am focused on the needs of others all the time, then what about my own needs? Well, isn't it interesting if everyone among us would develop a servant's heart and strive to not be selfish, strive to serve without recognition, and strive to focus on the needs of others, then no one would be left out. Everyone would be cared for, and every need would be met. A good servant focuses on the needs of others. That's a difficult thing for us to contemplate, especially in a, a culture where 
the individual is the primary focus of life. If I think it, if I want it, if I desire it, I need to have it, I need to have it now, and you can't tell me any different. That's the mentality that has been bred within our culture, especially over the last handful of years. And it's a dangerous mentality. It is, a, uh, it is an anti-biblical and really it is a sinful mentality. The Bible teaches us that we need to be selfless and that we need to be sacrificial and that we need to serve. How do we do it? Here are some principles that Scripture provides for us that will tell us how we can be good servants. First of all, we need to aspire to greatness. In Matthew chapter 20, Jesus defines for us who really is great. In Matthew chapter 20 and verse number 26, the Bible says, and this is Jesus speaking, Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. In context, Jesus is talking to his disciples and they were having a little bit of an argument amongst themselves about where each one would sit in terms of rank in the kingdom. They had a misunderstanding of the nature of the kingdom, and that's part of what Jesus is addressing in these passages. He's trying to get them to understand that true greatness in the kingdom of God is not some sort of status symbol in which you see a person sitting in a certain place or wearing certain clothing, or having earned some sort of office, or having been rewarded with some sort of recognition. But rather, he says, true greatness in the kingdom is to become like Jesus Christ. And what did Je- how did Jesus define himself? As one who came not to be served, but to serve. You see, if I want to be a good servant, then I need, to, I need to adjust my mentality and I need to have the mentality, the mind, the heart of a servant. And I need to learn to redefine what true honor and greatness really is. In the Roman Empire in which our Lord and our brethren in the first century lived, greatness was defined by wealth and by military exploits and victories. But in the kingdom of God, Greatness is far, far different. You see, the things that the world highly values, most often God says those things are of no value at all. Priorities of the world are backwards. The world values wealth and prestige and fame and power of different kinds, but God values a humble humble, sacrificial servant's heart. So I need to learn to adjust my mindset to fit uh, that description. Here's another thing that we could do, uh, another pointer the Bible gives us that will help us as we strive to be better servants. That is, we need to follow the pattern. We need to follow the example. And as we've already mentioned, that example is Jesus. We have two passages. Actually, there are many, many passages in the New Testament But there are two contexts that really come to my mind that I think really help to define Jesus as a servant. One of those is in John chapter 13, verses 12 through 17, where the Bible says, 
that Jesus washed his disciples' feet. That was a menial task. That was a dirty task. That was something that would be very, very undesirable, very humiliating. And yet Jesus, who is the Son of God, who is God, the Word become flesh, he gets down on his hands and knees and he grabs a bucket and he washes the filth off of his disciples' feet. And the Bible tells us that the reason that he did this, according to John 13, verse 15, he says, I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Notice what Jesus says and how countercultural it really is. Jesus says, first of all, the reason that I've washed your feet, the reason that I've served you is so that, so that you could follow my example, so that you could serve one another. And then notice verse 17, if you do these things, if you serve, then you will be blessed. That's really the countercultural part of all of this, uh, of all of this uh, instruction. That true blessing comes not from being served, not from being exalted, but from serving. The other context, we've already looked at it twice. That's Philippians chapter 2. Now, we've looked at Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 to 4, where Paul gives his instructions to the church at Philippi. But when you pick up in verse number 5, he begins to give the foundation for those instructions. How is it that Paul can say, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, and look not to your own things, but also to the things of others? How can he say that? Well, listen to Philippians 2, verse 5 and following. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross." Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is one of the greatest passages on Christ in all of the Bible. This passage is magnificent in its scope as it describes Jesus, as it describes the, hu the humility of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus, willingly submitting himself in obedience to the Father's will in order to die the most excruciating, agonizing, and shameful death in the history of humanity. And he did all of this as a humble servant to serve you and me. And therefore he is exalted, verses 10 through 12, verses 9 through 11, I should say. So if I want to be a good servant, I need to look to my Lord. I need to look to Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate servant. He is the ultimate example of what it means to serve. I need to follow his example. Next, if I want to be a good servant, 
I need to serve out of love. We talked about this a little bit just a little while ago when we talked about the fact that a good servant does not seek recognition for the service that he renders. But I want to talk a little bit more about that concept and note that love is a motivation. In Galatians 5 verse 13, Paul said, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. One of the reasons why we have such a selfish society is because we have a very loveless society. Now, I don't mean that we never use the word love in our society. We use the word all the time. The problem is we're not using it correctly. Most of the time in our culture, when we use the word love, what we really mean is lust and passion and desire. But love, true love, as God defines it, is selfless and sacrificial, and it always puts the best interest of its object at the forefront. That means that if I really love you, then I want what's best for you. And my desire for what's best for you will motivate me to do whatever is necessary in order to accomplish what is best for you. So by love, serve one another. When we really learn to love one another in the way that God has commanded us to love one another, when we really learn to look at another soul to recognize that that soul is precious in the sight of God and to desire what's best for that soul more than anything else, then humbly and sacrificially serving that soul won't be quite as difficult. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 15, And I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. Look at the terminology that he uses in that passage, spend and be spent. The word spend has to do with using his financial resources. The word spent has to do with using his uh, physical resources, if you will. In other words, his body, his time, his energy, uh, his enthusiasm. And so what he means is, I will give every ounce of money that I have. I will, I will squeeze out every ounce of energy and effort that I have until I am dried out like a sponge. I will gladly give it all for you, even though, he says, the more I love you, the less I am loved. In other words, they were not reciprocating that same level of love and service back to him. But Paul said, no matter. No matter. I will gladly spend and be spent for you because of the love that I have for you. Finally, when we think about being a good servant, we need to recognize that being a good servant is possible when we remember that ultimately we're serving the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 4 verse 5, Paul said, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your bondservants, listen to this, for Jesus' sake. The service that we render ultimately is service to God. And as we serve one another, we serve God. And so when we sing the song, Make me a servant, Lord, make me like you, for you are a servant, make me one too. We need to keep these principles in mind. We need to remember that our world and the church of our Lord 
desperately needs servants, those who will, uh, those who will meet, seek to meet the needs of others, those who will selflessly surrender in order to faithfully fulfill. Lord, make me a servant. That's the end of our study for this episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in and to listen and to study along with us. We invite you to visit our website, www.swcofc.org. If you'll click on the Sermons tab, you can access sermons from the Southwest Congregation. You can also access archived episodes of this podcast, and you may find a number of other study resources that could be helpful for you in your, uh, in your study of God's Word uh, throughout, uh, throughout the website. If you're in the Austin area, then we invite you also to come and visit with us. And of course, we hope that you will subscribe to the podcast and continue to listen, continue to tune in and open up the Bible and study along with us as we feast on the wonderful Word of Life. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast. Please visit our website at swcofc.org for more information about the Southwest Church of Christ. And if you're in the Austin area, please come and visit with us. Thank you for listening, and please join us again as we open up our Bibles and study more of the wonderful Word of Life.